All right, it's a Star Wars Aftermath episode of the Outer Rim News Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Outer Rim News Podcast, Episode 5. This week we're going to talk exclusive, well, not really exclusively, but mostly about the new book, Star Wars Aftermath. But before that, we wanted to talk a little bit about our Force Friday uh, happening. So with me, as always, is Austin Gordy. Everybody give him a hand. Yay. <laughs> hello. Hello. So... Tim, tell, tell us a little bit about your um, Force Friday happenings. Well, um, I'll tell you, the last week it was, I think we had discussed on the last podcast about the live streaming they were doing of the unboxing. I know uh-huh. I did that, basically tried to stay up as late as I could watching as much as I could, and then went to bed and got up the next morning for work and uh, finished it up You know, while I worked. So that was really cool because they kind of recapped everything that I had missed you know, mm-hmm. while we were asleep <laughs> and apparently mm-hmm. Rufio <laughs> from hook, he, uh, he did the escape from Jakku set. I thought that was really interesting and cool. Um, but anyway, that I watched micro- that. Do I know? Was it, was that the micro machine thing? No, this one was the one where it's, um, it's, it's a very odd toy. It was the one where it's, it's like a play set and it's, it's similar, but it uses the, the uh, hot wheels diecast millennium Falcon. And you put it on uh, this little contraption that makes it do the loops and the, and the twists and all that kind of stuff. And you're basically having to knock uh tie fighters off these little pegs that rotate around it. It's, it's a really odd game. Like it, it was, it was weird, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, he basically just played around with it. I think he showed some of the new hot wheels cars that I really don't have any <laughs> interest in buying. Yeah. But um, but no, I was just getting you know revved up for all of it, and it was awesome. So um, Thursday night, um, we went. I actually found it because I have a friend that lives nearby in Pooler, and he actually is he works at the Walmart there. And I found out that he was running the the Force Friday uh, stuff there at their Walmart, and that, and that one was is a really big one. And I knew that they would probably get a lot more stuff. So me and Candy ended up uh, going there, and and. Uh, you know, we got to basically just go through everything and pick out whatever we wanted. And um, I ended up walking away with like three figures. I got the uh, Stormtrooper. Uh, I got um, Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma because I had I knew I had to have Ren and Phasma. But I was like, I might as well get a Stormtrooper. And then I'll probably go back and, and pick up, you know, more as I go. I really wanted to get the uh, the $12, you know, those d- the deluxe figures. I mean, it was basically the six, the, I mean, the 375 figures, but they they had like a little bit extra with them. And they were like mm-hmm. 12 bucks. I wanted to get um, Poe Dameron's, car- uh, his, his figure, because I like that one in that box better. Because the other one has the mask on that you can't take off and it basically just covers his face and you don't even know who he is. So I wanted to get that one, but I haven't gotten it yet. So I'll get that. Then I just got like two of the, the die cast, um, hot wheels vehicles. I got the millennium Falcon from the new movie and the, the new first order tie fighter. And then I got basically the same two things, but I got the, um, you know, the black series titanium versions. Okay. 
yeah, I can cut those in the box. Um, that's pretty much all I got. I was going to, I wanted to get the, the Jakku play set that, you know, it's like the Millennium Falcon, but it turns into the Micro Machines play set. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to get that, but they didn't have it. So I ended up not getting that. So was it a good turnout at, it, at your Walmart? It was, um, it was pretty big. I mean, it was, you know, there was a sizable number of people. It wasn't like a, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people, you know, just shredding through everything, but it was, you know, it was a decent amount and everybody was kind of respectable. I only had like one person there that you could tell was just buying up everything he could to resell it. And, um, yeah, so we had to kind of keep an eye on that guy. <laughs> but other than that, it was, you know, it was, it was fine. Cause you know, we had cupcakes there and stuff and they were giving away the little, uh, collectible tops things. I don't you know, you know, the little, it was like the little game, that you can play. I don't know if you've heard about yeah. it. I can't, I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but anyway, they were giving Connects, them, yeah, they were giving them away for free. And, um, but we, we ended up walking away with like eight, eight bags of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, huh. so yeah, I've only any. opened one of them, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was really cool. And, and plus Sean had the TV set up and was playing the, uh, like the trailer and playing like behind the scenes from comic con that they showed, he would, he would play that stuff, you know, just kind of getting everybody in the mood. It was, it was, it was cool. I mean, just, just, it was one of those examples of almost like, you know, small town America really trying to, you know, bring that star Wars spirit, you know, it didn't take it like a big city with a whole bunch of people to, to kind of get everybody into the mood of uh force Friday. Well, I mean, it sounds like you had a pretty cool time. Um, yeah, yeah, because I then, oh, and I forgot to add, I, I ended up going, because I had a wedding to go to that weekend, and I went to our hometown in Swainsboro, went to that Walmart, and actually found the, the young adult books that they were selling, mm-hmm. so bought yep. all of those, just to add to the collection, so that's, that was pretty much my Forest Friday, I mean, I was, I was satisfied, I mean, I wish I had all the money like everybody else did to get the BB-8 and the, you know, the Force uh. Effects Kylo Ren lightsaber and all that kind of stuff, but man, <laughs> I'm yeah, only... Yeah, that's, a quick <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a quick 350. Yeah. That's a quick 350. Got bills. Well, um, so, so my Force Friday was awesome, too. No, not really. Not really. So, <laughs> so, so as you know, I, so as you know, I, I, I couldn't go that night because nothing, none of the, well, the only store, Walmart, wasn't doing Jack for, mm-hmm. for Force Friday that night. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll get up. 5.30 in the morning, my normal time I get up, and I'll be at Walmart at 6 when it opens. So I'm at Walmart at like 5.55. By yourself? And Yeah, I'm by myself. And mm-hmm. I'm all jacked up, ready to <laughs> buy me some Force Friday, I mean some Star Wars figures. So I break out the phone and I start up a little Periscope, you know, session there. And I'm just talking on it and I'm videotaping it. And, um, of course, I get in and I grab a buggy and it's got, cause I think I'm going to buy a whole pile of stuff. And of course I grabbed like the worst buggy in the whole store. And it's like clickety clack, clickety clack, <laughs> clickety clack the whole time. You know, <laughs> even one of the people on Periscope are like, dude, it sounds like you're shooting up the store. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, nah, that's just the crappy buggy I have. And, um, I get to the, um, toy aisle and I look and there's some leg, there's some force awakens Legos and stuff. And then I look at the section where the figures are and it's like, Oh, great. There's just pegs with nothing there. So that was fantastic. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they haven't put it out yet. So I tried to go find an employee 
I find one of the cashiers and I could, they're like, what, what you talking about? What star, what was star, what star Wars? And I'm like, Oh my God. Really? Yeah. So anyway, I find one of the managers and he was like, well, you know, so-and-so was supposed to, to um, leave that stuff out for me so I could put it out this morning, but there was nothing there to put out. I'll call him for you and you, you feel free to wait here or the toy manager gets in at seven and I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. So I go to McDonald's, grab me some bite to eat, come back. And of course, um, star Wars aftermath came out. So I was just sitting there starting it up, listening to it while I was eating breakfast in the car. And then I got through and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back in. Well, I go back in and there's some other people, you know, standing there looking dumb because there's no star Wars crap on the shelf. And anyway, the toy, the, the guy I spoke to earlier comes by and he has his little gun with the, you know, that price check stuff and, and looks for inventory. And uh, he tells me, well, man, I can tell you, uh, we don't have any in the store and uh, we have a, a single case at the warehouse, which should be here tonight. And I said, oh, well, how many figures are in a case? Uh, 12. And I'm like, oh, great. That's you know, by the time you get them in somebody and put them out, somebody else will be here and, and get them. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll just go to the next place. So I pack up my things and I drive to 45 minutes to Dublin to go to that Walmart. When I get to that Walmart, they do have some things out. But of course, keep in mind, this is eight o'clock now in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy... The guy there's like, well, so and so supposed to be setting up a um, end cap with a bunch of stuff, but I don't know where she's at, and you know, I don't know where the product is, and I'm like, oh great, really? Oh, Gary and, was and supposed the- to bring this stuff, and he's being such a such a douche. <laughs> and, and and here's the thing: so the the guy in the the first Walmart was like, yeah, man, I'm supposed to be taking pictures for corporate and making a big deal about this. But uh, I don't have any product. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's great. But anyway, to Dublin, they they do have the um, three and a, three quarter figures out. Which by the time I got there, there there wasn't many left. Um, but there were, I think one of each. I, I think I pretty much got one of each. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from the Vader and the Besman Luke, that um, I figure I'll get on the cheap later. Um, but I did get one of each of the Force Awakens three and a three quarter figures. I also got the Poe Dameron you were talking about with the it's like a what did he come with? Um, some armor that kind of fits over his hell over his head. To me, it's I I don't when I opened that figure up and I looked at it, I was like, why is this twelve dollars and something? This is a figure with a gun and a and a armor piece that just slides over his head. I mean, this is, you could have put this on a card and sold it for six ninety six, but you know, I can't complain. Um, so I, I got, I got those and I got a, um, I got a Kylo Ren shirt. Okay. Um, but I also got the, um, yeah, I, I, I like the little Funko figures, you know, the pops. Right. And, and Walmart had the exclusive, uh, stormtrooper do back two pack. So I got that. Do back two pack. Do back two pack. Yeah. And, um, but that, so that was the end of Force Friday. But since then, 
I have gotten a couple other things. Um, mm-hmm. I, way back in the day, my, about three months ago, I ordered a um, R2 L3 Funko Pop droid from uh, Dorkside Toys. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive to them, and it came in the mail this week. And I also stopped by a GameStop and picked up the exclusive GameStop Finn Funko Pop, where he's in his Stormtrooper outfit, but without oh, the helmet. Okay. And luckily they had one left at the GameStop, so I grabbed that. But um, aside from not being able to find what I wanted when I wanted and, and having to drive to, you know, 45 minutes out of the way, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I spent probably more than I wanted to, but, you know, I got some cool stuff to show for it. Right. I mean, I, I really wish I had the money. This would have been like my Black Friday. Like it would have, uh, you know easily three or four hundred dollars if i had my way mm. yeah <laughs> i did go into um uh toys r us not long after force friday uh-huh. and man like toys r us apparently went all out like because they they had like the the little signs at the in the parking lot then you go up to the door the double door slider and they've got stormtroopers and stuff there and then you got stormtroopers at the you know, at the entrance, like when you're going into the store and then they had this huge cardboard arch with like, you know, star Wars, the force awakens and it had all the characters and it was huge. And you walk under it, but then you go to the section and they just had nothing but one, one aisle, you know, on each side, it was like just filled with star Wars stuff. So basically they had everything there. Mm. Um, yeah. So definitely could have spent some money there. So, I mean, so they had the six inch stuff there. Um, yeah, they had the six inch stuff. They had the, they had more of the big vehicles too, like the TIE fighter. They they still didn't have Poe Dameron's X-Wing. They had his, the Lego version, but they didn't have the, the regular, you know, 375 figure mm. version. Um, but have yeah, you, they, they didn't have, have the Millennium Falcon play set either. I, I noticed they didn't have that. But, have, um, have you seen have you seen reviews online for that for that Hasbro? See, X-Wing? yeah, and and I've been looking at pictures too about how the the you know, the cannons on it, you know, that you attach to the wings are like mm-hmm. cheap and they're, they, they're all bent up and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've, I've read nothing but bad reviews for that and for the TIE fighter, but surprisingly, oh, really? yes, but surprisingly you see on the, on the, the unboxing and stuff that all of that stuff looked good on the streaming mm-hmm. marathon they had, like on the, the unboxing, it was, um, it all looked good there. So I, I really don't know. I mean, it's, but I have read the reviews and it kind of worries me because I really did want that X-Wing, man. Like that and the TIE Fighter. Yeah. Um, the Thinking about it, the, the only two figures I didn't get were there was a, another Rebel pilot, mm-hmm. an alien Rebel pilot. I, I yep. can't remember his name. And I didn't get him. And, I, and there was another, like a Jakku type figure that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember that person's name either. So. Starts with an S, maybe. I guess Safa or something like that. I I can't remember. Right. But um, I figured I'd find those eventually too. Um. Stay on target. But enough about Force Friday. We're here to talk <laughs> about um Star Wars Aftermath. Aftermath. This is the book that came out on Force Friday, and uh, it's the starting point to flesh out the events that happen or that take place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. The book was um, written by uh, 
Chuck Wendig. And uh, to be honest, the only thing I know about the guy is, uh, according to his bio, he, he's a writer and he does some, uh, he's been involved in the gaming industry. Do you know anything about, right. about him? Well, I know this was his first book um, or his first Star Wars book. He mm-hmm. mostly, it seems like he's done more uh, indie titles. And um, okay. this is kind of like, it, it seems like this is his big break. I'm not sure how he got the job. I'm glad he did get the job. I mean, you know, but, but I, I'm not sure how, because <laughs> this is a big, this is a big spot. You know, this is like the, the starting point, you know, for the force awakens. So I mean, it's a big yeah. gig, not sure how he, how he was able to, to wrangle that. So I'm, you know, way to go Chuck, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, beyond that, I don't really know much about him. This is, this is my first book that I've read of his. And, and another interesting fact is this is a uh, book one of a trilogy of aftermath. books. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, when I, like whenever I got the book and, and when I was looking just through the first few pages, you know, looking at the intro pages, when I saw that it was book one of the aftermath trilogy, I was like, Oh man, that's awesome. That means there's going to be more, you know, and I, you know, I thought that was really neat. I mean, of course, I guess there's no way that they're going to release the whole trilogy before the next movie comes out. So that's going to be kind of weird. They were still going to be on the journey to the force awakens after the force awakens. But I mean, I, I'm yeah. assuming that's, that's what this trilogy is going to be. I don't, I'm not assuming that there's too big of a time jump, at least time jumps between those two movies. Well, well, I was looking on Amazon just to try to see, you know, forecast what's coming out as far as star Wars books. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just looked through, um, I think it was November, and there wasn't an aftermath book, another aftermath book coming out. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing this is a, this is going to be a book two will probably be early 2016. I'm assuming. Maybe. I mean, I'm, and, I'm, that's what I yeah. was thinking. Or, you know, it's gonna, you know, but but yeah, it's cool that that there's a there's going to be a trilogy. Hmm. All right. So. Overall thoughts of the book itself. I mean, initial thoughts. I, you know, I was so excited for this book. I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, like, like we thought it won. You know, everybody wants, of course, like we just want to know what happens with Luke Han and Leia between the two movies, between yeah. Jedi and then The Force Awakens. But you know, we get a whole new, you know, set of characters. Um, you know, and plus, I'm sure, you know, Abrams and, and everybody, you know, Lucasfilm, they're they're probably wanting to save the movies to tell those kind of stories of what really kind of happened with, with Luke Connolly, probably mainly Luke. It seems like that's mm-hmm. kind of the big mystery, but um, I don't know. Like at first, you know, reading the book, it was, I, I mean, from the get go to me, it was very fast paced. You know, they, I mean, it starts out right when everything is, is, uh, you know, crumbling for the empire, you know, it gives you kind of a glimpse of what, the, what the people went through on Carson when, when, uh, you know, everybody found out that the emperor was dead, you know, they were pulling the statue down and you, you know, and then from there you just kind of see, I mean, truly you see the aftermath. And so the book jumps off, you know, jumps around a, a lot of places. Um, the dialogue, one thing, one thing that kind of, uh, was, it took getting used to, but I really started to dig it was this author kind of has his own way of, of writing, like his own way of talking. So it's, like I said, everything jumps around, you know, every, everything's pretty fast paced, but you also, it's almost like everything's happening now. Did you, did you get that feeling when you were, when you were listening to it? Like the way it was written was like, you know, he opens the, or, you know, he says this, he opens the door. It's not said he didn't open, 
you know, he, his opening or something. It's like uh, just the way everything's written. It's like it's happening right now. Yeah. And I was kind of digging and, that. And to, be, and, and to be honest, it's a little different when you're it not is. reading it and you're listening to it, when you're mm-hmm. having somebody tell you the story. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it, it almost made, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, it, it sounded really good. Uh, right. Um, I mean, the, the, having somebody read it to me that way, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, right. for the most part, I got a, I got a few inks with it, but I will get into that later. Right. Um, but when somebody's describing something like, like that to you, when they're, you know, the door was red, you know, right. the girl, right. the girl was standing beside the, the green vase sitting on the floor beside the, you know, I mean, it, it, it gives you a, a visual in your head to work with, um, while you're listening to it. And, and of course, you know, they have the star Wars sound effects and the music and stuff going right. on mm-hmm. at the same time. So it, it it all adds up to to put you in the Star Wars mood and 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 describing it to in a, in a Star Warsy way. So I I I can't really say yay or nay on the way that the book was written, right? Beca- because of the fact that I'm 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 getting a different aspect of of the book. right. But it does. I, I see what you're saying though. The way it's written, I bet it does make it even better in the uh, audiobook form. Because it's almost yeah. like a teleplay, and you and of course they're all like that. But at the same time, it's just it's just the way this guy writes. Like I, I can tell that he has a distinctive way of writing, and I dig that about people. Like like you know you have those standout people like Timothy Zahn or or uh, R. A. Salvatore. Um, you know they have their distinct way of writing, and you know it's them when you read it. And mm-hmm. this guy kind of has that feel, but um. But yeah, like I, I just, you know, I was one thing I was happy to see that Wedge was a part of the story and he was a pretty big part. He was basically just yeah. kind of like the, the, you know, kind of what set the plot in motion, like everything that was going on in the book. I like how they use that. And um, you get these new characters like uh, the main, I guess, I guess you would say the main character or two. And you almost get them like, you know, on both sides, you have Nora Wexley, who was a rebel pilot and she's coming home to Akiva which is the planet that all of this revolves around, um, you know, to, to basically be with her son. Um, I really dug her character. I, I mean, you know, it, for all of these characters, I feel like, you know, it took the, to me, it felt like it took the whole book to kind of really get a whole, like get a, a you know, a feeling for the character. Like I, th- I think by the last, like the last third of the book, you're, you've pretty much gotten it in and you're really rooting for these characters. But then on the bad side of it, you have Admiral Sloan, who was a captain or lieutenant, I believe, in that book, um, uh, A New Dawn. Yeah, she was a lower-ranking Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I couldn't remember her rank, but yeah, yeah, she was, and she was the one basically helping Count Vidian. And um, so she returns in this book, so that's pretty cool. In this new canon, they're bringing, you know, some of the characters, the new characters that were established early on back, you know, and and kind of continuing their story. So you kind of, you know, you kind of, touch base with her again and you know of course she's more powerful she's wiser probably you know just smarter than she was before and i mean she's really crafty but yeah. um but yeah man I, I like i you know in terms of the the story you know it felt like at first i didn't know i'm like where where are we going with this but i think by the the final third of the book i'm totally into it and i'm really digging this book and it um, you know and, by the end, I'm yeah. I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I, I mean, 
to be honest, it did take me a good chapter 20 to get into it and mm-hmm. to get the feel of how this, this, you know, book was going to, was, was playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of interludes that honestly confuse the crap out of me. <laughs> and see, that was the thing is I really dug those, but I get, mm-hmm. I get how they could be confusing. Cause like I said, this guy jumps around everywhere, but mm-hmm. that, that's the thing is everything's scattered like the empire. So you're, you're getting scattered stories from all around, but it makes me the, like you said, it, it's confusing in the, and I really want to go back and just read it again and get those interludes mm-hmm. again. Cause it felt like there was a lot of hidden things in there. That, mm-hmm. that I found very interesting. And I'm like, huh. And I want to go back and reread the, that stuff. But, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty confusing at points. And, and that's why I said at the end of the book, when it says it's book one of a trilogy, I said that made me the light bulb go off. Ah, that's why we have the interludes because the second book is probably going to focus on some of these interludes, mm-hmm. you know, or either other books Right. that maybe are not in the aftermath trilogy will focus on maybe some of these interludes. Right. Um, because to be honest, man, when, when you first start reading it, especially the one with Han and Chewie and going oh, back to Kashyyyk. Yeah. I was I'm so like, excited. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it gets to the end of the little interlude and you're, and, and by this point I, I still, I'm still confused by the interlude. So I'm thinking we're going to go back to this, to this plot point later on in the book and it got to maybe chapter 32 and still no Chewie and Han. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going back to Han and, and Chewbacca. We're going <laughs> to, um, we're going to see that, that play out in a future book. Right. Um, in some so, form, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Some form. So it, it, it was a, a little bit confusing until I figured out what he was doing with the interludes. Mm-hmm. And, and this book is basically, uh, like I said from the, at the beginning, is setting up the whole um, span between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens, and and the, inter- and the interludes alone do a great job of, of starting to point us in a, in a direction. And and here's a little thing: Let, let's let's stick on this Han and, and Chewie thing for a second. Um, did you get the feeling that? I'm assuming this takes place right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, this is interlude. yeah, because this is like uh, maybe just a few months after, maybe and, like three and, months or something after. And he's already um, getting nostalgic for just him and Chewie, right? Going out, you know. Can, can you maybe see where somehow this might play into into the future of between Han Solo and Princess Leia? It could be, and that's that's what I was thinking when I read it. it. It's like because you know he, you know he was a guy who always battled with that side of him, you know, like kind of being free and going out and you know being his own person and doing what he wants to do and not being you know tied down to these rebels. But at the same time, you know he's he loves these people. You know he's he's grown close to you know of course him and him and Leia are in love, and then he's you know, he loves Luke like a brother and he's very close to him. And then, you know, and of course he, he sympathizes with the rebellion. And so he's always been along for the ride, but you know, now that it's like, it feels like he got some time to kind of stop and take a breather. And you could tell he kind of misses, especially with the missions that they were sending him on. Cause if you notice, he, he was basically going undercover and trying to find out, um, you know, more information about where, I mean, wasn't he pretty much just trying to find out, you know, where some of the, the Imperial, 
fragments were were going to like some where they were they were trying to regroup and things like that. Yeah, he he said, yeah. he said he was doing the exact same thing Wedge that was Wedge doing. was doing. Yeah, so it's like, he, but of course he had to kind of go undercover to do that and, and and kind of revisit some of the places that you know he frequented when he was just old you know smuggler. So um, yeah, I bet some of that kind of reawoken the uh, the feeling inside where he just kind of wanted to to get out and do that stuff, and I feel like that may play into the into his character with the, you know, in the next movie, you know, maybe that's like his mindset somehow went back to that. And also it's like, you know, he's like, you know, I've got a, you know, a, um, uh, you know, responsibility to the rebellion, but at the same time, you know, Chewie's family, his people are, you know, slaves and there now is the time to, to, you know, to go over there and make a difference and set them free. So it's like, you know, he's kind of battling that. And of course he's just like, you know, screw it. You know, we're going, we're going to save your people. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that it's exciting. I can't wait to see how that plays out in a future story. If we get to yeah. see that, I hope we do. And maybe it will be in the next movie. I mean, in the, in the next, um, in the next book. But um, I have a feeling it's probably going to somehow play into what happens in the, in the next movie, or at least, you know, what, what they've been up to since the next movie. Yeah, yeah, and it <clears throat> and it looks like you know, in in this book, they're also I, I guess setting up the New Republic. Mm-hmm. But from what we can tell in the Force Awakens, there is no New Republic that, that we are aware of. There's the Resistance and the First Order. So apparently, the Empire or the Imperials strike back yet again to maybe fragment all that they've worked all that the, the Republic or new Republic has worked hard to achieve mm-hmm. and kind of fragment them off again or to, to, to this resistance. Right. Um, and of course, Mon Moth, Mothma's made, I guess she's the chant new chancellor of the mm-hmm. Republic, new Republic. Right. Um, I really dug so how that, in the book you got to get more of her character, especially in her mindset. Like, you know, this is a person that really just does not want the same, problems to reoccur you know with this new republic like the old republic had you know so you know the the immediate dismantling of the militaries and all that kind of stuff kind of a reflection of today's you know um uh world situation and you know the political situation kind of reflects some of that yeah and so it's pretty neat that he kind of tied that in there um it very much reflects a lot of today's um political stuff um for one i mean you have uh the the character sinjir who's uh, is apparently a a gay man <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah in the book um and you know i don't really have issue with it with, with because i mean that's all cool i just the way it was brought about it was kind of I guess it's good backstory because spoiler alert, the guy survives, right? You know the book, um, so that gives us a little bit more background info on him. But it was kind of like a five-minute. We're in the middle of a, you know, in the middle of a um, dark mine with robots chasing us. But let me tell you about my um, sexual preferences here. Right. It was, it was I just kind of like. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like I felt like it was a little odd and, and out of place, but at the same time, I guess <laughs> it was like 
I don't know. I guess he was just, he didn't know where to bring it up, but I guess this author really wanted to kind of bring some sort of a new thing to the series and kind of showing yeah. it being a universal thing so that, you know, there's, you have kind of representation into the gay community as well. Cause yeah. I think it was not just that. I think somebody had like two fathers. I just can't remember where in the uh, book. Cause I was remembering that somewhere where they were talking yeah, about they, their family and there was, there was two fathers and I was like, there it is again. Yeah. yeah. Interlude. Yeah. Know, it was, an, it was in an interlude. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, there was these two, uh, orphans, a uh-huh. male and then a female, um, Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. And it was the, it was the, the boy who had two fathers, the one who ran off through uh-huh. the, through the little grate, you know, while the Twi'lek girl was fixing to get adopted. She was off talking to the, gotcha. To okay. The, to yeah. the rich Naboo parents. Yeah. Mm, yeah. See, and, um, and it was like, I remembered that and I was like, huh, so that's twice now that we have like a, you know, kind of references to the, to the homosexual community. And I'm like, well, I guess this guy really wanted to kind of put his stamp on it and be like, you know, this is what I brought to the Star Wars universe. And it's all well and good. <laughs> but, but you know, it was, I, I kind of get but you. It, it was kind of like, what? <laughs> but, it, but, but it wasn't just that either. I mean, you had, um, wasn't there a scene there with Sloan, with uh, Ray? Uh, isn't that her name? Ray Sloan? Well, her name, her, yeah, Ray and, and her, um, her assistant, basically, the... Uh, um, I can't remember her name. Is that what you're talking about when she's like naked? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that one. I mean, it could be, but at the same time, it was more of just like her showing the, her military side where it's like, look, we get naked in front of people. It's not a big deal to us because it's basically just a, the way, the way it sounded to me, it was like, it was just a way of life. Like, the, you know, it's, it's what's happening now. Like I'm just, uh, you know, cause I'm undressing and I'm, I'm getting dressed. I'm naked right now. It's not a big difference. It's just skin. That's the way it mm-hmm. kind of looked, you know, or that's the way it sounded. But I mean, there's no telling, you know, you could read way into it, but I really don't know. Yeah. And I, I, the, this book though has, is, it's a little different from, from other Star Wars books because Definitely. this one has, his is geared more adult in my opinion. Right. And, and, right. and this could be just old man on the porch, you know, get off my lawn, you kids, you know. Right. Saying this, but not only just those things, but they use the word damn in that book 20 times, it seems. <laughs> right. And, I, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, geez, this is Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. it's for kids. You know, it, I, I know we want to make it for adults. We, w- we want our adult Star Wars stories and stuff, but at the heart of it, it's a, it's, it's a kid's movie. Right. And I'm and I'm thinking, uh, you know, one day I want to let my kids read this, but you know, I I think it's a PG thirteen book. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Let them read it until they're thirteen. Right. But which, um, which I, I mean, guess it and it's you know, the I guess the reading level, they would try to you know, you would probably argue that it, that's probably why. But yeah. I see what, I see where you're coming from too. It's kind of like the old, you know, even with the Amy Schumer argument. It's like really like we mm-hmm. don't we don't have to go that route. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we don't need you sucking on uh, C3PO's finger. Yeah. Like that's yeah. We don't need that. But um, but yeah, I, I didn't notice the the you know the dams as much in the book. But um, yeah. but it, I mean it was pretty adult, even with the violence. Like I mean, some people were just getting, I mean, getting demolished. You know, like the like the skydivers. You know the 
the uh, oh, spec yeah. forces, you know, they were just getting just, you know, vaporized by uh, turbo lasers. And I'm like, yeah, and wow. the way he described it, yeah, the, the red mist singed the air. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa That's exactly yeah, what whoa. the dude said when he saw, uh, what was his name? John, John Burrell. He's probably just like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is Star Just sprays Wars, him man. right in the face. It's like saving <laughs> Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, golly. But um, so so to me, I mean that that's my only or the biggest drawback to me is the ratcheting up of the adult kind of content. Right. Not that there's adult content in it, right? But but it, it's like the. The um the line keeps going up and up and up and up. Right. And you know, I don't want to see Terminator Star Wars. I want to see Star Wars. Right. You know. I, but like I said, I'm I'm the crotchety old dude on the front porch, I guess. Who's and telling, I think it. But see, I, I think too though, because I mean, this if you look at this falls in with the uh, with the canon and you know the other novels that have been released. I feel like this might just be this guy's style. So it may just be that the, these books stand out that way like it may not mm. be something that you'll start to see in more of the books but maybe just the way he describes things is probably a little bit more adult because he even seems like i mean i've looked at his his website and he's a little bit more of an adult i mean of course he's an adult but like i mean he's just his his themes and his the wait wait know, wait you're telling me this guy's an adult i've you know i'm not lying <laughs> i swear to god scout's <sighs> honor i think he's oh, i think he's a grown-up <laughs> Oh, but that's uh, the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like when I when you look at his like because he, he runs a blog and stuff like that, you know, he's a little bit more, um, you know, loose in his you know in his dialogue and stuff. So I'm sure it's probably just kind of like an attribute to his writing. Um, mm-hmm. and then again, like I said, we 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 don't know if he's even going to do the other books in the trilogy, but you never know. But yeah, I I see where it was. You know, it was a little bit more adult than a lot of the the Star Wars books that we remember. Yeah, I, and and like I said, I, it, it was just certain things that, um, eh, I I didn't I didn't care for, and primarily it was the um, the more adult a- aspect aspect of the book. But I mean, it, story. I mean, like I said, after it took a little while to get into and to understand his writing style, and and after that, I mean. It, it turned out pretty good, especially towards the end. You know, it was oh, yeah. kind of exciting. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and okay, so here's um, I'm I'm reading the MarySue.com, and they have an article up about the whole um, the whole um, gay um character thing, and 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 Wendig, apparently a lot of people have made a big a big to do about this online. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to this, he, uh, Wendig responded and he said, and if you're upset because I put gay characters and a gay protagonist in the book, I got nothing for you. Sorry, you squawking. Sorry on meteors <laughs> coming. And it's a fabulously gay neon cat, neon cat meteor with a rainbow trailing behind it. And your mode of thought will be extinct. You're not the rebel <laughs> Alliance. You're not the good guys. You're the bleeping empire, man. You're the bleeping oppressive t- uh, to- oh, I can't even talk. Um, totalitarian empire. If you can imagine a world where Luke Skywalker would be irritated that they were there were gay people around him, you completely missed the point of Star Wars. 
It's like trying to picture Jesus kicking lepers in the throat instead of curing them. Stop being, <laughs> stop being the empire. Join the rebel alliance. We have love and inclusion and great music and cute droids. And it says, by the way, the book also has an older woman, a mother rescuing a man. So if that bothers you, you might want to find a bunker for hunkering down. And I don't know if you'd notice, but the three new protagonists of the movie consist of a woman, a black man, and a Latino man. The bad guys <laughs> all look white guys too. So, so many meteors, so little time to squawk at them. I mean, I get where he's coming from. And, 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 uh, I, I, I sort of kind of get where everybody else is coming from it to me. Like I said, star Wars is going to always be a kid's movie. Right. And, uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I know we're trying to include everybody and you want everybody in there, but I don't know. That's I think it I all just, it, it's to me, I, I knew that it was going to be, it's going to divide a lot of people. I mean, yeah. me personally, I, I really like, you know, I, I don't mind it at all. I like it. The, the fact that mm-hmm. it's inclusive and none of it really bothers yeah. me. It's, it's just kind of like whatever. I mean, I, f- I feel like, you know, that's really not where he wanted the energy to be spent. Like I know that I knew it was going to rile people up and, yeah. um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't be bothered with it. I mean, it's, there's, there's so much more that, that you could, I mean, there's other things that to be upset about or to, to be worried about. I mean, it's really not a big deal, but, but that's just my yeah. thoughts on it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It, it was, it was great. I, I do understand it was the book. Like I said, overall was a little bit more adult, but I'm, I'm assuming they probably just assumed that just more adults are going to be reading this while the kids are going to be aimed towards the, the young adult novels. Um, but I'm sure, like I said, even you can tell, even with his response, he's just kind of more at, you know, uh, you know, he's just kind of more of an adult language yeah. kind of a guy. Like he's, he's more, you know, yeah. Up there. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I understand. And I mean, and, and I know everybody is, is wanting to, to get that out there. And I, I really don't have a problem with it. It's just, I I guess my thing is, is, is you're you're starting that line upward of right. more adult. Not I just don't want to see it go too far, you know. Because you want and, it to be and, inclusive and, for kids as well, and I totally get yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. it's I like, mean, it's, and I know that you know. Well, they're young adult novels for kids. Well, yeah, but when the Star Wars uh, novel was released, it what it wasn't considered a young adult novel. Right, exactly. It it was it's a novel. I mean, but and you can read it because Star Wars is a kids movie. The Star Wars novel is a kids novel, I guess. But hey, moving on, moving <laughs> on. But yeah, I thought the um like Singer's character was really cool. Timon, I like the I like his story arc in the in the book. You know, because yeah. he, at first, you know, he's of course, you know, he's you know an angsty teen. You know, his mom mm-hmm. left him. His dad was arrested by the Imperials, you know, to, uh, you know, because they they you know uh, labeled him as a, re- a rebel, you know, and took him away. Mm-hmm. So I liked his arc um, because you know he starts out he really hates his mom, you know, he care less yeah. if she was there or not. But you know she's basically like, look, I've been away for too long, and you're not going anywhere. But at the same time, she wants him to be safe. Um, I also really dig in the book, and I, I knew I wanted to include this, Mister Bones. Oh man, and dude! For, that <laughs> and that was people, the coolest thing in the book. 
Yeah, and for people who don't know who Mr. Bones is, basically anybody who is ever annoyed by one of the regular, like the B-1 battle droids, you know, the Roger Rogers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry because this is basically like a repurposed battle droid with all these, you know, bells and whistles and stuff and, and basically made into his own character. And he's basically, just, he's, he's the sidekick and the protector of Timon. And he is one of the coolest characters in the book. <laughs> like every time he was on there, like, cause I, I just, I could just hear how he would talk and like his dialogue was really funny. Like, I mean, I would like, I would literally laugh out loud every time he would, you know, have his little moments in the book. I just thought it was so great. Like I, I, I would love to see him on screen, especially when they, when he, he damages his arm and they have to give him a, a droid leg instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An astromech droid leg. And he's just, yeah. he's just swinging it around and stuff. And it just, <laughs> it, that, that was really cool. And of course, then you get like, you know, Jess, um, Amari, I guess how you say her last name, mm-hmm. Emery, but she, yeah, um, Amari. Amari. Yeah. And she basically had a connection with Sinjur where they saw each other, on indoor and see she was she's a i guess is she like a bounty hunter like an yeah, assassin she's a bounty hunter yeah she's she like an assassin and um yeah that's right i could say label her as a bounty hunter duh <laughs> but they but the um they hey, you know they you see read, each other did, on indoor did you read this book i don't I, you know what no i you caught me i just wikipedia this like like <laughs> five minutes before <laughs> no but i mean like they they see each other on indoor man and it's like you know they kind of had this understanding of one another that they were there for a job you know but they're like kind of you know look we're we're done here it was um it was pretty cool to see that how they had that pass and they kind of come back around but it's just the the way the book was like it was really to me the book really was like a slow starter like i mean there's a lot of stuff going on and it was to me what kept me interested was like all just the city, basically just the, the 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 world as it stood you know after return of the jedi because you get it where people either a don't know what to believe with jedi and sith B, they don't even know if Vader and Emperor are really dead or not, and if they are, they 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 don't know what circumstances you know occurred for all that to happen. Basically, you know, it's just everything's in turmoil and everybody's going crazy. So it's like I enjoyed that. That was kind of like filler for the beginning of the book, but it it's a slow pace, but it starts to build and build and build with these characters when you finally get them all together. And like I said, by the last third of the book, when they're really set off and, you know, they're working together to, to go find and, and save Wedge, you know, and, and kind of put a stop to the to whatever the Imperials are, are planning on Akiva, the book just kind of takes off and it's just so good. Like it it feels like once it gets really going, looks like it feels like the book stops and then you're like, well, <laughs> I want more, you know, because I yeah. really dig these characters now. But, yeah, um, I mean, I'm- yeah. Towards yeah, towards the end of the story, I mean, you, you got you do have this uh, appreciation for the characters and, and a want to know more about them. Um, again, I'll, I'll uh, reiterate that the B one battle droid is cool, and um, in the audio book, uh, just you know when they're all crouched up and they're in and they're uh, immobile or whatever, and when he uncrouches and stands straight up. You hear all the little bones clacking around against his body, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and, and and he he does have the Roger Roger voice, but it kind of goes haywire a little bit at times, you know, when he's talking like Roger Roger, you yeah. know, it's uh, <laughs> but he is the coolest thing in the book, um, and I would love to have a an action figure 
Yeah. <laughs> of, of bones. And, I wonder and, if they'll do. I, I wonder if they'll do expanded universe like you know, like the uh, the other stuff you know, in the canon. I wonder if they'll do figures and stuff for them. I, I don't know. I hope so because they're um. I definitely want a figure of um of uh be the um bones, but but I'm also interested in just seeing how jazz how um yeah jazz is that her name jazz yeah jazz yeah J A S yeah yeah I'm re- I'm really interested in seeing how she looks you know yeah because I mean of course she's a she's a um uh, uh Zabrak you know and so she, <clears throat> that's gonna that would be that would be really cool and then you get like uh you get like that little you know a little bit of the character of John Burrell that was part of the spec forces that, ah, yes, that the rebels yes. that sent in to, to rescue wedge. And he was basically like the only one that was left behind. And, and I mean, he was still, he it was so funny. Cause you know, we, he, he, he barely survives the, the landing, you know, when he gets onto the planet and he's kicking ass and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he has one arm hurt the whole time. So he's, I, I like through the whole book, I'm just imagining he's just kicking stormtroopers left and right. Like, I mean, mm. cause that was mainly what he was doing was just kicking everything, kicking everybody. Mm. I'm like, this dude's like the best kicker they got in the rebellion. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the um, rebellion, the, the special ops, they teach a lot of kicking <laughs> in the special ops courses, you know, right. just in case you do break an arm, you know, you got to have strong legs. I thought he was probably um, like a, like a, football kicker on Tatooine or some shit. Like, I mean, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> um, another thing, uh, just it, are, are some of the references to, uh, the star Wars universe at large. I know they make reference wedge makes mm-hmm. a reference to fulcrum. Yep. At, around the beginning of the book. And we all know from rebels that fulcrum was Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that was a, uh, you know, my, my ears immediately perked up when he did say fulcrum. Right. Um, there's also um, another interlude that takes place on Cloud City with a guy named Gentar Orr. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he talks about, uh, I guess, uh, an imperial name. Is it Adelhard? Mm-hmm. You remember? I and, vaguely. Uh, and... Apparently, this is a character that's in the new game Star Wars Uprising that just came out today. Oh, okay. Uh, um, on it, it's for iPhone, iPad, um, Droid. It's you know it's a little mobile game RPG. It's actually I'm playing it now, or well, not right now as we talk, but played it <laughs> earlier. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so it ties into that a little bit. Um, there um, is some reference to. To Boba Fett, even though I don't think Boba Fett's alive, or or they don't say he he's he's currently alive, but they do talk about him, right? Because um, I know they they like from from the way the book seems to to places like you know trying to put the nail in the coffin that yes you know he's dead because they talk about the armor that 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 guy finds on the sand crawler that um mm-hmm. looks like it was you know it had been they try it had been digested or it, there was there was some scarring from digestion but uh, yeah. but it doesn't mention a body or there's any, there's nothing there about boba so i'm assuming he's dead unless he comes back in another book and you know he's he's coming back to reclaim his armor or something i, I really don't know yeah i mean it to me it sounds like it sounds like that was the the um the nail in the, the coffin of cartoon was <laughs> yeah. yeah the end of boba fett um 
but not the end of his look and his armor. Right. Apparently somebody's grabbing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, as far as the other interludes, nothing really stuck out there. Um, there was, a the first reference of Jakku, um, yep. towards the end of a book of the book, uh, uh, a guy moves to the planet, um, because his wife and kid are murdered in the street between, in, in a battle between the, Re- the rebel Alliance and, and, uh, the empire. And, uh, so he has nothing left and he moves to Jakku to start over. And of course, everybody's like, why are you coming to this dump? You know, you're coming to the worst place in the world to, right. to, you know, to live. But, um, I can't help, but think that somehow that's going to play into the force awakens somehow. Yeah. I'm thinking either it's going to play into the next book or definitely, you know, somehow play into the movie. But I'm, I feel like they're setting up for something else in, in a book somewhere else or the next Aftermath book with Jakku, but I, I really don't know. Hmm. Yeah, and, and like I said, a lot of these uh, little interludes are, are very interesting, and I hope they do, in book two, book three, that they do continue these. Um, and, I, and I hope that it's not like um, you have different interludes throughout the rest of the books and and what they do is kind of maybe flesh or, or, or start the story arc of another book here and there, you know? Right. I don't, and, and it could be that, that, that that's what this is for. I, and I, we can only assume because this is the first book, real book of, of stories that take place between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. And, and we don't know what they're planning to do, what, what the plan was for this book. Was it just single book with, you know, in in a trilogy or was it the beginning story arc for everything, you know, and, and, and lots of books come out of, of this one book. I'm, you know, we, we just don't know. I will say that um, there was that final, the final uh, epilogue in the, uh, in the book that was very interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, um, Admiral Sloan. Yeah. And speaking to a and, mysterious man, do you think it was Snoke? That's what people are thinking. I mean, it could be. He um he definitely sounded like he had a plan and he was sort of like the the he, he the way it felt was like he was basically going to be the next in line as the the new emperor or at least the new leader, the grand leader. And um cuz I'm like, you know, if if it ain't Snoke, it better be Thrawn. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh well, here, but no. here, here's an interesting thing though. You know, when Sloane and uh what was the guy's name? Not Palian. I keep thinking Throne series. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the the guy's name? The Grand Moff. Which uh, one? The only the one who who gave himself the title Grand Moff. Oh, you're talking about in the in the book itself, like in the aftermath. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was. Um, I know who you're talking about. I'm trying to remember. It was. Um, Starts with a P. Was it Pandion? Pandion. Yeah. So. You know, at the end when he confronts Sloane, um, and she reveals that you know that he's not she's dead. working for, yeah, that, that he's, he's not, not dead. dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, immediately you think the Emperor, but this doesn't at the, in the epilogue. It doesn't sound like she's talking to the Emperor. 
Right. Yeah, see, that was another thing. I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm ready for the next book to see if we can try to explain more of this. But, yeah, I was wondering what they meant by, you know, this about him not being dead. And then you have this mystery guy that she's talking to at the end. But I'm, I'm assuming it must be it must be Snoke and, and he's somehow tied into everything. But I, I really don't know beyond that. I mean, yeah, it kind of weird. Um, it, not weird, just that I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating. Like you, <laughs> we want answers now. Yeah, but. and and of course this is going to play out for uh, for a little while, but um, we just have to we have to be patient. Yeah, I, s- I say patience. <laughs> um, so anything else you want to add to the to the book? Anything you like? Dislike? Uh, I mean, pretty much. I think overall, I was excited. I was I was satisfied with the book, and I'm I'm ready to see where they take it from here. But, you know, I mean, like I said, the pacing was great. It, you know, if the, if the actual story was a little slow in some parts, that's where they would jump around to interludes that, that kind of kept picture interest. And then the, you know, like I said, the writer's style was, was interesting and it was kind of a breath of fresh air. So overall, like I'm, you know, I gave the book an A. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a great start off, you know, so it's, it can only, you know, I, I feel like it, it can only go up from here you know, but who knows, but I, I feel like we're off to a good start and that we're, we're probably going to see some really cool stories up ahead. Hmm. Uh, you know, I want to give it a name, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards a, a B, uh, just because if I'm comparing it to new canon, uh, other new canon books, I mean, still dark disciple just beats, is, is you know, beats this one out to me. Right. Um, I would say, if anything, this is a close second in my in my opinion. Really? Like if it really? was if it, if I was yeah if I was ranking them again, it would still it would fight for with Dark Disciple. I'm not sure who would win on that one. Probably at this point, Dark Disciple would probably win out. But Aftermath was really good. I, I mean, I just you know I mean I guess it's just because of everything attached to it too. Just with the the fact that it's you know, it's post return of the Jedi and that it's continuing that story. And we're going into new territory that we thought we knew, but has been wiped clean and we're kind of going at it fresh again. So, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, and I, I felt like, you know, he did his job with, with the way the story went. It was, you know, I I felt like it was, it was good. And I think it, it, to me, it was just more like it it had more to it and it drove me more than the other books. Cause I would say a new dawn, I'm rereading it a new dawn and it's really good after a second reread through, but um, but yeah, this one, this one definitely would, would be in the, the top. Well, well, my thing was, since it is post return of the Jedi, I went in with, Oh, we get to find out more about Luke, Han, Leia, che- Chewie. Right. And Luke Skywalker is mentioned only in, there is a Luke Skywalker. That's a Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, by the, the by rebellion's the golden boy. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Leia is casual, isn't she like casually mentioned by mentioned? And, and plus, you see like her, her, um, like her hollow, hollow vis, yeah, you know, like her, her, uh, what do you call the the uh, propaganda, propaganda, material. yeah, propaganda yeah. videos and things like that. Like, like you do see that, and then you get get a little bit of Han Chewie. And then you the have yeah. right, and then you get lo- a mention of Lando and Lobot. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, you get your people, but it's it's almost like I feel like they're they're purposefully doing that because they're even doing that with the comics, the um, the Shattered Empire comics, where 
you see the characters, but they're not the main characters. So we're probably not going to get a lot of story from them. I guess they're saving that up to be answered in the movies, I'm assuming. But yeah. I don't know. Well, um, so I guess that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, any closing thoughts? Um, you know, I just want people to go out there and, and really, you know, enjoy this path to the force awakens. Cause it's, it's starting off good. You know, go to your local bookstore, pick up aftermath, read it. You'll enjoy it. Grab the other books that, you know, like, um, you know, lost stars and, and the, uh, you know, the Han, Luke and Leia adventures, you know, that they wrote. I mean, they're, you know, we've got a lot of good stories coming out now and you get the comic line, you know, so it's a, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. And, and I hope people, people enjoy the, the path, the road to the yep. next movie. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. And remember, take your kids to the toy store and buy some, buy them some uh, Star Wars figures. And buy me a Millennium Falcon Lego set. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to me, it's all about the kids, and it's all about getting this generation into Star Wars, so that future generations can enjoy the the coolest galaxy from a, a long way away or whatever. Um, <laughs> so anyway, from me, may the force be with you. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. If you want to follow us online, you can do so by visiting us on the web at www.outerrimnews.com. We're on Twitter at Outer Rim News, and we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. If you want to leave a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would love to see that. And finally, this podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. The fantastic Star Wars rock music used for the show is courtesy of Husky by the Geek. You can find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. Star Wars, names, and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders.